I've never been anything except really what I am. I've always been Greg King. I'm a, I'm a lousy rock star, guys. I am not good. You put me in a limo, I'm uncomfortable. You know, I do too much coke, I get a little weird. <laughs> Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the music. Now we're up to the latest hit by English singer Phil Collins. The Zingers. Whose husband are you, dog face? <laughs> Whose husband are you looking for? <laughs> and the self-indulgence. Chicks dig me because I rarely wear underwear, and when I do, it's usually something unusual. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears with TampaBay.com. And today, I kid you not, a fantastic interview with what we would now call the wild man of the 80s, Mr. Greg Kim. With me as always, our love will never be in jeopardy. Times pop music critic Sean Daly. Steve, I'm going to say it. Don't say it. One of our greatest interviews ever. I (laughs) defy you to disagree, though. Watch this. Listen to this, everybody. Listen to this. Ready? Is this not one of our greatest interviews ever? Yes. (laughs) So, Greg Kin, um, Jeopardy. Uh, the breakup song, yeah. Lucky, you know, uh, had some huge hits in the eighties. Was in the, you know, had some great videos too. Um, he has a new anthology out, uh, a new uh, three disc digital anthology, right, yep. called Kinplete. Yet another great Kin pun, which we ask him about in this episode. Great interview. answer, great answer. He's also a syndicated DJ out of uh, San Jose, a celebrated horror book author. I uh, was nominated for the Bram Stoker Award. So he's a man of many hats. But as we learned in this interview, this amazing interview with Greg Ken, um, he's also hilarious and debauched and yeah. a little bit screwed in the head, but lovingly <laughs> so. The things he admits to is just it'll ba- just it will baffle you. What's amazing, and I don't want to give away all the twists and turns of this interview, which is one of our longer ones, but my God, it's really, really one of our better ones. Listen to it start to finish. You know what? Just chill out, pour yourself a nice adult beverage, and listen to it start to finish. And he's a great, because you can tell he's a DJ because he's so good on the mic. Um, everything I do wrong, he does right. Um, but the things he admits to doing, like certain narcotics, are amazing. And then the things he won't tell you... Equally amazing, equally amazing, which is really odd and because, mystifying. Yeah, the reason it's weird. He there's this one thing you're going to see, and it's going to drive you crazy. And it's going to send you to the internet to search and search and search. But he won't tell us this one thing, which seems rather mundane, a cool little celebrity trivia. But then he admits to doing a ton of blow <laughs> <laughs> in the eighties. Um, but we had a great time with him. And at the end, we kind of had to go. He, he probably would have talked another hour. Yeah. With us. 
I, I, if you live on the West Coast, I envy you because you're the only ones who get a chance to see Greg Kinn tour. He does not really do the nationwide tours anymore. He sticks close to home. If you're in California, you got a chance to see him. If you're in Florida, you're screwed. But he's hilarious about that. He's like, I don't have to. Right. Why should he's got he? all these cool jobs. He's like, I just take the cherry gigs. Yeah, it's a great line. I love line. that. He, cherry gigs. He keeps talking about cherry. Yeah. It's one of a thousand great lines from him. Let's wait no longer. Ladies and gentlemen, we give you the Greg Kinn interview. Greg, you there? I hear hello, hello. Yes, is that, is yes. That you, Sean? It is me. It is me, Sean Daly. How are you, Greg? How you doing? I'm doing good. I am the uh, the music critic at the St. Pete Times, and uh, Steve Spears, who is with us today, is an entertainment editor at TampaBay.com and the St. Pete Times, and we are huge Greg Kin fans. Well, that's wonderful, you guys. Let me preface all of my remarks by saying that my parents, who are both gone now went on their honeymoon in 1949 to St. Petersburg. <laughs> That's about right. And they right. brought back, and I grew up with, they had all of these old-time postcards that were hand-colored. You know the kind of yeah. like antique postcards? Sure. And, and that's... That, is, that was my first input of anything having to do with St. Petersburg. So I just thought I'd lay that out there, that there is a connection albeit somewhat ten- tenuous, but it, there is a connection. That is now our news peg, is that Greg Kinn's <laughs> parents honeymooned. Thus, we give you the Greg Kinn interview. Uh, there you go. Well, let's get it set up first. You are now a syndicated DJ. You also uh, do the morning show uh, at KUFX in, yeah, uh, in uh, San well, Jose. We call it KFOX. KFOX. It's uh, in San Francisco. We were just purchased. Now, when I joined KFOX 15 years ago, it was a little mom-and-pop classic rock station in San Jose. Nowadays, it's a big super station in San Francisco. We were just purchased by Entercom. And, um, you know, it's a big deal. So they moved us up to the city, and now we're simulcasting on two frequencies. We're still at 98.5 uh, in San Jose. We've added 102.1 in San Francisco. So now we're like, you know, just a flamethrower. Hey, can people pick you up online? They can. Uh, all you have to do is go over to kfox.com. You can go to gregkin.com. We have links to everything. You know, the problem when you, you know, when you interview me, I got so much stuff going on. It's like, you know, it's hard to keep track. That's okay. Fill it up, baby. We'll be here all day for you. Hey, well, let's, <laughs> let's also sell the big, another big news peg is that you have complete uh, the, the three-disc digital anthology of uh, yes. uh, the Greg Kinn band. Yes. Now, this is an interesting thing, because most people, most casual Greg Kinn fans know the breakup song in Jeopardy and, Lucky. you know, basically the stuff that was cut during the Berserkly era. But all of the stuff on Complete, which is three CDs worth, was all post-Berserkly. And there was a lot of interesting music that we made, and we had some great you know, musicians in the band. Uh, right after Berserk, we, we signed with EMI. We did a couple of albums for EMI. Uh, and then we kind of started, you know, we did the live album. That was for uh, King Biscuit, I think. So 
the post-Berserkly stuff featured a lot of musicians that, you know, we thought it was a good idea to put the stuff out. Now, namely, we have Joe Satriani. Joey Satch, um, right? Joey who was Satch. in the band for, I think, 80, 86, 87, 88, maybe right around that era, just before he went solo. And, um, and you know, we had the... Uh, the, the wonderful joy of working with Steve Douglas, the legendary saxophone player that played on all the old Phil Spector stuff. Oh, wow. And he played, he blew the sax solos on the Citizen Kin album, and he wound up going on Saturday Night Live with us, because, you know, they, they have a thing, when you go on Saturday Night Live, you have to sign a waiver. It says that the people that are playing with you on stage, on TV, are the same people that were that you recorded the song with. Oh, I didn't know There's that. sticklers about that. Huh. So, well, that was great for us, because it was basically the band plus Steve uh, Douglas, who, you know, I mean, the guy's a legend. You Google him, you see he played on all the Righteous Brothers stuff, and, I mean, this guy, Dwayne Eddy, he played the sax solo on He's a Rebel. You know, the guy's just a classic. Now, he's since died, which is, you know... That was a couple of years back. So we got Steve Douglas stuff, which is rare and wonderful, and uh, we've got uh, Joe Satriani stuff, which is rare and wonderful, plus some live Joe stuff, which is really interesting, because you know it's, you don't really get to hear Joe Satriani play this style of guitar, which is doing tasty R&B fills and stuff like that. It was really a different thing for Joe, so that's real exciting to hear. And then, of course, I got my son, Rye Kidd, who's an un- unbelievable guitar player. As a matter of fact, his first guitar teacher was Joe Satriani right before when Joe was in the squares and he was giving guitar lessons. And then Rye went to Berkeley School of Music and eventually graduated from Cal Arts. Now, he's the current lead guitarist in the Greg Kinn Band. But, you know, we had Greg Douglas, Dave Carpenter, Jimmy Lyon from the, the Eddie Money Band. We had, uh, and of course, Joe, and um, and now my son, Rye. So we've had so many great musicians pass through the band that I thought, you know, we got to put this stuff out. So we did. There's a couple of tracks on there that I swear to God I've listened to every day this week on the way to work. And one of them is Love and Rock and Roll, and the other one is Another Girl, Another Planet. I love those uh, tunes. Yeah, I love, I love the... Uh, like, uh, Another Girl, Another Planet was a song that we had worked up in England, and we were doing it live for a couple of months before. We decided to record it. It was kind of an afterthought. It was like, well, what else do you want to record? And I was, well, we've been doing this song live. Let's try to do it. And it's so much fun singing it. It's just a great song. And love and rock and roll. I remember writing that. I mean, this is crazy. I wrote it on a ukulele. <laughs> I 
did have a guitar with me, and I was oh, I was I was in Hawaii for a couple of days. Just, and we were supposed to go into the studio like next week, and I was like up against it. I needed to write like a couple more tunes, so I went and bought a cheap uke. <laughs> sat down under a coconut tree and just whipped it out, man. That's why the chord, that's why all of my songs have only three chords in them, man. I'm a three-chord guy. Like we said, the name of the anthology is Complete. And I have to ask, has there ever been a kin pun that you rejected? I don't think... I. Well, you know, our standards are extremely low. <laughs> so rejection is almost impossible. I remember... You know, I got to tell you guys, the way this thing got started in the beginning, Matthew Kaufman, who was the president of Berserkly, we called the first album Greg Kin. And then we cut the second album. He said, well, what should we call the second album? And, and Matt said, well, let's call it Greg Kin again. Okay, and then we did that. And then a year later, he goes, well, what are we going to call the third one? And at that point, it was already starting to, you know, plant seeds and grow uh, mushroom-like in our brains. And then it was next of kin. Okay, now we can't stop. <laughs> and Matthew Kaufman, who was the reigning loony at the time, said, look, they all got to be like this. So after Next of Kin, we, we, we tried to break away, guys. We tried. We did two albums, Glass House Rock and... Um, uh, with, uh, with the Naked Eye. What was the other one? With Glass House Rock and something else. I mean, I've made so many albums, I don't even remember the names of them. Anyway, we did two albums. Everybody said, you got to go back to Kin. And then, of course, we made Contagious, Continued... Consolidation, uh, you name it, man. It goes on and on. Hey, uh, recently uh, in the news, um, Weird Al and Lady Gaga kind of got into it a bit. I don't know if you were, you were probably following that story, too, where uh, Weird Al uh, wanted to uh, satirize Born This Way, and he had performed this way. Gaga didn't want him to use the song. Then she relented and said, oh, it was a mix-up. Of course, Weird Al can release this uh, this spoof. And, uh, you know, I wanted to ask you, as somebody who's been, uh, you know, yankovic <laughs> you know, were you resistant at first when Weird Al wanted to take Jeopardy and do a spoof of it? No, I was flattered, you know, because when Weird Al parodies you, you've arrived. And, like, it was like, okay, you guys are a hit now because Weird Al is doing a parody of you. And uh, I remember he has to get permission. This is probably what the bugaboo was with Lady Gaga. He, you've got to get permission from the artist before you do the song. And I remember Weird Al called me, and I said, Jeez, of course, I'd love you to do it. And I wound up making a cameo appearance in the video for that. Right. Driving which was away. a great day because I got to meet Don Pardo, and I loved it. That's right, Al. You lost. 
And let me tell you what you didn't win. A 20-volume set of the Encyclopedia International, a case of turtle wax, and a year's supply of rice-a-roni, the San Francisco treat. But that's not all. You also made yourself look like a jerk in front of millions of people. And you brought Weird Al told me on the phone that of all, he's, he's done a million parodies of all kinds of different artists, and the only person that ever, ever turned him down was Prince. Yeah, yeah. And he was he wanted to do a Purple Rain parody, but, you know, the purple guy was, you know, I, don't, I guess Prince doesn't have much of a sense of humor, and he took it pretty <laughs> seriously, and he turned him down. He said that was the only time he'd ever been turned down up to that point. You know, Michael Jackson loved Weird Al and would call, get, get this, Michael would call Al in the middle of the night with ideas for other song parodies. <laughs> So, it, you know, I really, I was flattered. I thought it was a great, you know, it was a great uh, feather in the cap to have Weird Al do the parody. And frankly, I love the man. He still sends me checks. I get mailbox <laughs> money from from Weird Al to this day. Wow. You get residuals. And you know what? Huh? That song was on an album that went multi-platinum. Yeah. So it was like the hit, it was like the song was a hit all over again. It was wonderful. Yeah, you have that great moment at the end of the video. We watched it the other day where you're driving away in the car, right? He gets he gets thrown in the car, and you yeah. turn around and you give that that cool wink, you know, and you take off. That's excellent. Uh, that I think we had like two takes to get that right, but yeah, you know, that was a lot of fun. Um, the girl who's with me in the car, you'll never guess who that is. Uh-oh. Oh, here we go. Who is it? Yeah, you know, you'll never. I can't. I shouldn't tell you because oh, it's. Come on. I gotta go watch it again. No, well, now. at the time she was not famous. At the time she was an unknown, and she they just cast her in the video as the girl, you know, in the you're riding shotgun. Okay. Come on, come on. No, I can't, man. If I do, it'll get back, and then somebody will get. I'll get in trouble. What? How can I gotta go but back? But it and... was, you know, it was, she turned out to be a major rock star in a major band. Really? Oh, is it Belinda Carlisle? I can't. I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> well, does she turn? Her, does, are you the only one who turns your head? Like, if I go back and watch the video, can we see her face? Uh, you know, I think you can for a split second. Wow. Wow, you were um, going to have all of a sudden YouTube hits. I remember that they were very closed-lipped about that later on. Later on, after she became a big star, it was like, well, you, you don't say that. Don't ever, you know, she never, she's not going to admit to ever knowing you, Greg, okay? <laughs> <laughs> People that knew me back in the old days have a, you know, a funny, their careers just crash and burn. So maybe that was it. Hey, I want to ask you a quick question. On the way to work today, um, I'm, Listening to the FM radio here in Tampa Bay, and the breakup song comes on, uh, fortuitously uh, forecasting our interview today. But I, I want to know when you recorded that song, it was your first really big hit. Did you know when you wrapped the recording of that song that you you, you were onto something? No, I didn't. Uh, I'll, and I'll tell you the truth: I always meant to finish those lyrics, and I only had like half a song's worth of lyrics. And I went in there the day we cut the tracks. I went in there and it was like, you know, hey, just go out in the studio and do a guide vocal, you know, just so we know where you where we're at. And it was supposed to be a rough vocal that was supposed to be redone the next day. And I was supposed to have lyrics. Well, I just go out there and I was making stuff up. I mean, I had pretty much 
every other line written. So I just threw the uh-uhs in there to you know, fill a little space. And then I get back in the studio, and the band, they're all hugging me. They go, man, the, those are the deepest lyrics you ever wrote. <laughs> Thanks, and, guys. And I, and I literally, I, I mean, they just came up with them on the spot. And, you know, the beauty about uh, 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 is that it translates into any language. I mean, I could walk down the street in Tokyo, and they, and they know. They, they go, oh, you're the guy that goes, uh-uh, yeah, uh-uh-uh. <laughs> interesting that that song was a turntable hit all over the world and that was our seventh album think about this guys we didn't have a top 10 hit until seven albums into the game now that's absolutely unheard of now you you, you couldn't do that we had turntable hits you know where you would get fm airplay on songs like remember and uh testify and stuff like that but never you know, a top ten hit. It, it, it just to last seven albums before we hit the bullseye was pretty amazing. And then uh, Jeopardy, which came along, I believe, in '83, was our first. That was our first actual number one. Right. Well, you know, it, it, the atmosphere is pretty rarefied up there in the top ten. You need special breathing apparatus. <laughs> Back in the '80s, um, uh, you were you were a pretty wild dude, and we follow you on Twitter and on Facebook now. And you you were talking the other day about like you said some of the extent of it's amazing we all survived that time. And I guess Steve was saying like on your business card it says "Reformed Wild Man," maybe. Yeah. <laughs> how wild did it get back then? Oh man, I'm telling you, how wild did it got insane? Well, first of all, it was the '80s, and anything went. And uh, everybody was on blow. <laughs> I mean, you know, including me. Uh, you couldn't, there was no AIDS. There were no cell phones. There was no internet. It was every man for himself. So, you know, we go out on the road, and I mean, like, partying was just, you know, that was what we did. It was our job. The gigs were secondary. We were hearty partiers. And, you know, during those those years, I, I guess looking back now, you guys, I should have been a little more serious. And maybe instead of just having a handful of hits, I should have had a whole bunch of them like Tom Petty and really buckled down and wrote good songs. But no, I was too busy getting whacked out of my gourd. <laughs> Your videos always have a sense of humor to them. I've always kind of wondered, does, does having a sense of humor backfire sometimes in the music business? I mean, do you run the risk of maybe having some fat cat in Hollywood call you a novelty act instead of a musician. Yeah, but, you know, screw it. This is you got to be true to your school. you got to be who you are. And that's who I am. I mean, I've never been anything except really what I am. I've always been Greg King. 
I've never tried to be anything else. I'm a, I'm a lousy rock star, guys. I am not good. You put me in a limo, I'm uncomfortable. You know, I do too much coke, I get a little weird. You know, and I, I'm, I'm like, you know, I play Madison Square, I get a little, you know, antsy. Uh, I'm not, what you know, I'm much more comfortable just being myself. And when, whether the band, whether we were number one, or number 701, it didn't matter. We played every gig like it was our, like it was the only thing we were ever going to do, and we did, we gave, gave everything the same shot. And I think that's where you really got to be like that. In today's world, with all the media and the way they market, you know, you brought up Lady Gaga. I mean, like, now it's completely different. But in the 80s, we considered ourselves, now here's the revolutionary shocking part. We considered ourselves artists. We were making art. And if some A&R guy came in there and said, hey, I don't hear a single, it was like, well, tough kitty, mister. <laughs> you don't hear one, that's not my fault. And we did art. You know, they hated every album cover. We were artists. I mean, we were trying to do things that, we, you know, that we wouldn't be ashamed of 20 years down the line. You know, looking back, berserkly, was the very first independent label of the modern era, predating Stiff Records, predating Sire and all those. Everybody wanted to be on Berserkly, and it was really cool to be. In the beginning, we felt as if, okay, we're artists. We're doing this. We don't care. You know, commercial success may come, it may not, but this is what we're doing. You couldn't even have that attitude nowadays. Everything is marketed you know, pretty much 100%, uh, and probably even test marketed before it comes out. You know, in, in, the, in this world, I think in the music scene, it's, I, I don't know, I would, I, if I had to start all over again, I could never make it. Never. I see. Uh, I see the Greg King Band still tours, but mainly on the West Coast. I got to ask: Are we ever going to see you over here on the East Coast again? Well, it's going to have to be a really cherry gig, man, with cushy travel. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, here's the deal: it's not my primary source of income. So, unlike most of my peers, and I love them all. You know, I play them. I'm a classic rock artist. I play all my friends on the radio. But let's face it: they got to work. They got to work to keep the cash flow going. If Eddie Money doesn't play five gigs a week, you know, his bank account shows it. Cheap Trick, Joan Jett, all of my friends, they have to constantly work to keep the cash flow going. Except for me. I don't have to because I got this radio gig and I'm doing fine. So I just take, my, my booking agent hates me. Because I just take the cherry gigs. He'll say, hey, you want to go to Akron next weekend? And I'll go, no. <laughs> and once in a blue moon, I'll go and take a trip. But we we play the easy gigs. And I like to stay on the West Coast. And eventually, you know, I'm getting lazier as I get older, you guys. And it's not like, you know, when you're 20, you want to go out and conquer the world. You know, <laughs> at this point in time, you know. I came, I saw, I conked out. (laughs) 
You know, it'd be kind of poetic in a way. It'd be almost poetic if you came back and played one last gig in St. Petersburg. That's true. To honor your parents. We we could do it. The last time I played in your neck of the woods was with Joe Satriani was in the band. We We played this weird festival in Tampa Bay, and there were a bunch of bands, and we went on last. There was a big storm, and a lot of people left, and we went out and played to a skeleton crowd. I, I remember thinking, wow, these people are really high. <laughs> it was like, I don't know, was it a dealer's convention? Because everybody was whacked out of their gourds, including us. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying that we were outside the thing. Uh, and, we you know, the, the, the beer was flowing. Um, and we had, I think we had a little too much fun that night. Ah, that's good. We'll have fun again if you make it out here. We're going to make it happen. We will find a gig. Yes. A cherry there gig you for go. you here you in St. Pete. put a gig together, and I'll come. Well, what is it? What is it? Build it, and I will come. <laughs> yeah, so starts the movement. Greg, <laughs> yeah. back to park. Hey, listen, Greg, thanks so much for talking to us today. Uh, we're, we're, we're excited about the anthology and kfox.com to hear your yeah, show, right? And go, I tell you what you want to do is go over to gregkin.com. Anybody that wants to can go to gregkin.com right now and download a track off of Complete for free. I will give you a free download of Little Red Book featuring Joe Satriani on lead guitar. Awesome. All you got to do is go to gregkin.com. There you go. Gregkin's still giving. Still giving. Still giving. Still loving. (laughs) Can you feel the love, guys? Can you feel it? So there you go, Steve, Stephen Q. Spears, the Greg Kin interview. And now all these listeners, our half a million stuck in the 80s listeners, are also saying, for the first time ever, Sean Daly was telling the truth. <laughs> yeah. That is the he greatest was, stuck in the 80s. He was being sincere. He was being sincere. All right, I don't know if it's better than Brian Johnson and some of our other great ones, but we had so much fun with Greg Kin. Thank you. My one bone to pick with Mr. Kin. Who was the woman in the car at the end of the I Lost on Jeopardy I know, video. admit it. You spent the first half hour at work today. We, we, we both did. I, I, was, I was searching looking everywhere. At, looking at the video, trying to see your face. I went to this Weird Al compendium online that had all this cool trivia. And I see they have all this trivia about I Lost on Jeopardy. And then that wasn't one of the things. If you watch the video, and I, I did over and over again. First of all, it looks like she's wearing like a carrot nose. <laughs> Of but course. That might have been my delirium. But there's something weird. Like, you never see her face, but you see something, like, jutting out of her face. <laughs> I'm not sure. But you had a guess. Two guesses. I have two guesses. Okay. Um, the first name that came to mind was Demi Moore. Right. Because she would have been uh, about breaking it about that time. My other guess is Courtney Cox. Yeah, because he doesn't he say it's a rocker, but then also says it's somebody, an actress, or yeah, like, it's kind of vague. He's trying to keep it vague. I, for some reason, I was two. thinking Joan Jett, but I don't know why she would be. Uh, I don't know hmm. why she would be in there. She would have been big. It looks at like that a. Point. It looks like a brunette. It's a brunette with pretty big hair. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who it is now. But we have a, a fun little treat for our, yeah. our listeners, don't if we? If you can figure it out, if you know. Somehow you're going to have to prove to us that you have the right answer. We will uh, somehow crown you 
the ultimate 80s nerd. You will get a shout out on the show. Yeah. We'll send you some sort of bauble. <laughs> <laughs> and on our big trip we have coming up this fall, probably to Los Angeles, we will buy you dinner. Sounds great. So you just got you just have to pay for the airfare and the hotel. <laughs> it's totally but you will it. get a free Big Mac out of it. Yeah. Stephen, would you like to hear more about our travel plans? Indeed, I would. I want you to come with me to a wonderful place we call the, the Seggies. Yes, reader mailbag this week. And I don't know why we call it reader mailbag. It's listener mailbag. Yeah, I, friend. I, I, it's I'm friend. Fine. It's friend mailbag. Oh lord, they're all friends. Five more Spearsets just signed up. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I miss that. You don't miss. Well, actually, you do miss it. I shouldn't. I shouldn't cause yeah. trouble for you. Yeah, you, have yeah. a, you have a wonderful, uh, wonderful Layla. The um... dun, 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 dun. anyway. So yeah, we have three letters. You know, we're we're, we're kind of mixing and matching our seggies these right. days. Not a formal seggies this week. You'll get some of your faves on future shows. Right. What's nice about these letters, though, all geared to the '80s road trip. Yes, all geared. They're all themed. They all the 80s all making trip. a plea for their own hometown as right. a destination. We're pretty sure about L.A. We talked about it. We kind of float around Vegas. We're not entirely sure. 98% sure. 98% sure. It just seems like it's going to be. We could do Vegas again. But, man, I mean, L.A. with the Hollywood Bowl and, like, I'm going to uh, do a, a guided tour. I think that's going to happen. On a party bus on a, on a, on the, in the Hollywood Hills. We bring a couple coolers full of beer and drinks on the, on the uh, party bus. Yeah, we'll sneak them on. LA, LAPD doesn't have to know we anything. Can, we can visit the Marty McFly is, house. We can visit the Better Off Dead house. Uh, what else can we don't visit? Don't ruin it for everybody. It's going to be a surprise. I'm going to lead up with, with teases and then gander to your left. Ah! <laughs> and we might throw in some other decades. Yeah, sure. It'll be predomin- I'll make it predominantly 80s, but I'm going to give you, uh, you know, I'm going to give you the Michael Myers house. I'm going to give you the Halloween house. Right. <laughs> Anyway, here's uh, letter number one is from our old sarcastic friend Jeff in Cuba in Germany. Gents, I know this isn't going to be a particularly helpful suggestion, but you should have your next stuck in the 80s get together in the UK. Interesting. That is definitely on our in our plans, isn't it? UK. Yeah, someday. You sure he means United Kingdom, not University of Kentucky. (laughs) Go Cats. We just spent a week there uh, over spring break, and there's no denying that as a nation, Great Britain is significantly more into the 80s than the U.S. of A. Wow. It's a very, very bold statement. I think it's true. It's not, only, uh, it's not only the amount of 80s pop culture, especially music, you encounter, but the fact that it is presented with such nonchalance. There's no sense of, hey, remember this nostalgia? And no one even notices when sound, uh, soundtrack at their local pub follows Katy Perry with Adam and the Ants. So wouldn't it be great to load up a double-decker party bus with the 80s nation and tour the absolute epicenter of 80s culture? Steel fist in the Acht Ziegel Jaren, Jeff and Cuba... Cu- Shit. Jeff in Cuba in Germany. P.S. If I ever hear Daly use my name in second base in the same sentence again, we'd better be at a Rays game. Nice. So the UK, I love that idea. And I could, I'd even give a guided tour on a double-decker bus. Look, kids. Big Ben, Parliament. <laughs> That's all you could point out, right? I know. Look, kids. Big Ben, Parliament. Um, there you go. UK, I love that. Uh, our next letter is from uh, Spit Valve McGee. Spit Valve McGee, a.k.a. Michelle in Wisconsin. 
Uh, Stephen Sean, when it comes to a Stuck in the 80s road trip for 2011, please consider the following concerts coming this summer uh, to the great state of Wisconsin, a.k.a. America's Dairyland. Do we know if that's true or not? It must be. America's Dairyland. Uh, Motley Crue, Hall & Oates is coming to Wisconsin. REO Speedwagon, Sticks. And don't forget the Wisconsin State Fair in August, featuring MC Hammer, Tone Loke, Young MC, White Snake, and Skid Row. I'm serious. How awesome, Steve, is the food at the Wisconsin State Fair? <laughs> How awesome? Or, I mean, I, I would die. No, you would die, I'm but with a smile already. on your face. With, a, with pain in your heart, but a smile on your face. Jesus, the cheese. The cheese inventions at the Wisconsin State Fair must be That's the epicenter of cheese. I know. On top of those, I will gladly hold your hand or possibly other appendages. What the hell? <laughs> During tours of the Paps Brewery, Sprecher, Miller Coors, and Harley Davidson. And as for my adopted state's motto, it's simply forward. Spit Valve McGee, a.k.a. Michelle in Wisconsin. On top of those, I will gladly hold your hand or possibly other appendages. I think she's talking to you, Steve. <laughs> I think she's talking to you. I think it has something to do with that spit valve thing that she's spit talking about. Valve. Yeah, I don't even know what's going on between you two, but let's see. And our final letter is from Padre Paul. Oh, we haven't heard from Padre Paul in a while. Hi, guys. A Milwaukee tour stop for Stuck in the 80s might be fun, but I would like to plug my hometown of Minneapolis as a possible destination as we give you, oh, as we gave you the replacements and prints. Here's my plug for why you need to come to Minnesota, the State Fair. It's absolutely fantastic for a meetup, and you will feel better about yourself when you people watch. Plus, the food is great, and there is also an outdoor concert of Heart and Def Leppard. What a better place for a get-together than chowing down on footlong hot dogs and cheese curds before taking in Heart and Def Leppard to end the day. Need I say more? Remember, Bill Murray from Stripes. It's Czechoslovakia. It's like going to Wisconsin. Take care, and hope uh, to see you guys come August. Padre Paul. Um, I'm going to say that the cheese curds in Wisconsin are better than the cheese curds in Minnesota. And now I'm going to allow the two states to fight it out on their own. Yes. I'm going to start the scrum. I'm a gadfly that way. Either way, we win. Either, Either way. way, yeah. Either way, we win. Have you ever had a cheese curd, by the way? Yeah. Delicious. Could you, could you describe them to me? Yeah, they're like little uh, balls, right? Little balls. The what? cheese curd. Isn't the cheese curd a ball? I thought it was more like a curly cue or something. <laughs> Am I wrong? What I is, don't know. But what is it? Is Please, it, is could either Padre Paul or Spit Valve McGee, here's your homework. Spit Valve and Padre Paul. First of all, tell us the proper de definition of a cheese curd, and then sell your state, sell your state's cheese curd ability against the other one. Little trash talk. Can and we, we will air your grievances yeah. and your braggadocio on the next Stuck in the Eighties. Can we actually get those sent to us? Can we buy them in Florida? I don't know if I want cheese curds traveling through the mail, <laughs> but the, maybe the fact that they're cheese curds, they're already like suspect. Maybe they'll travel just fine. I don't know. I'd like to buy them fresh though. Yeah. Um, so from UK, I'd love to do that. Love to do the Wisconsin. Mil uh, Minneapolis uh, is a great city. I've been there. Like, all the buildings are connected in Minneapolis because, you know, it snows all the time. You know, we should tell you right now that our, our awesome Tampa Bay Rays are in uh, Minneapolis right now, and it's snowing. Right. And, and we, we still uh, won. <laughs> <laughs> we still kicked your butt. Uh, but um, it doesn't really look like a place we want to go right now because we're just fine with our 85 degrees right now. It's actually starting to get a little hot down here, actually. Yeah. 
Um, but I love all those. And Milwaukee, I'm telling you, Steve Spears, when you go to Milwaukee, you're going to start looking for housing up there. You might never come yeah, home. Yeah, doesn't it all? Isn't all like Milwaukee kind of like Archie Bunker's neighborhood, like really depressed? You know, fifty-year-old homes no, that you know, no, and but that's part of the, the like creepy the basements and stuff. Creepy you know, basements. We don't have basements here in Florida. I don't know if everyone knows that, but we don't have them here. Are you terrified? Do you have like a, a, I have a, a kind of an irrational fear of basements? That's awesome. That's a great irrational fear. It's I can't. Totally I don't irrational. like the idea of an entire house kind of dangling over my head while I'm like deep down the ground. It just doesn't sound good. You got so much dangling over your head. <laughs> As always, if you have suggestions, although the, the verdict on may already be in, or just an email, send them to StuckInTheEighties at TampaBay.com. If you're not ready to give up on mullets in Madonna, log on to Stuck in the 80s. Just one of the many blogs you'll find at TampaBay.com, the website of the St. Petersburg Times. Relive the music, movies, and culture of the greatest decade ever. Only at TampaBay.com. There you go, Steve. Another great show from Steve Spears and Sean Daly. You know, I'm starting to co-host. Like, I like the shows the where we do interviews with people who they aren't necessarily on tour. They're just people who they're just they they love talking about the old days. He's a great talker. He's a great talker. And you know the greatest thing we learned this show? Not besides, the cheese curd thing. The cheese curd. I, Padre Paul and Spit Valve better like duke it out. Cheese curd fight. You can only the only place you can hear that oh, like, like, a, like a can you imagine like a little kiddie pool and you fill it with cheese curds and the two of them go at it in it yeah and then spit valve yanks Padre Paul's appendage, appendage? Yeah, that's wrong that's really that's, bad <laughs> sorry okay uh, now we but anyway well, a cool thing we learned is that Greg Kin has a lot of great songs besides Jeopardy and Lucky and the breakup song in fact you have fallen in love with one of them you've listened to it every day since we heard we were going to interview Greg and that's how you would like to not just thank our audience but end this illustrious show yep just uh, like uh, his fans like myself I will always equate Greg Kin with love and rock and roll as we remain here hopelessly stuck in the 80s Stuck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. Read our blog at TampaBay.com slash blogs slash 80s. And don't forget to subscribe to the show at iTunes. Just the